This morning, let's get into the message this morning. It's entitled Dream Again. And how many in here, you probably won't raise your hand right now, but at one point or another in your life, you have had your dreams crushed, your God-given dreams crushed, or your calling that God has placed on your life crushed or pushed down in some way or another. How many would raise your hand and say, that's happened to me? All right. We have some honest people. Um, by the end of this message, I pray that you can start to dream again. That whatever it is that happened to you, whatever um, tragedy, whatever pain, whatever hurt that you went through, that you'll come out of that this morning and you'll start dreaming again. And you'll start walking in that dream again. So 2 Kings chapter 4 verses 1 through 7 is where we're going to be. 2 Kings chapter 4 verses 1 through 7. And I want to start out by giving a definition of a dream. It's a cherished aspiration, ambition, or ideal, something that you have wanted very much to do, to be, or have for a long time. Okay? Dream again. 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. And we're going to start off with verses 1 and 2 to get going this morning. One day, everybody there? No? Okay, I'll wait. Let me get a drink. Here we go. 2 Kings chapter 4, and I'm probably getting in the habit of saying this because I have to do this in teens all the time. What'd you say? What'd you say? What'd you say? So I repeat it like four times, just as a given. All right, here we go. One day the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come, threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you, Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all, except a flask of olive oil, she replied. So I want to stop there, and you know, as we look at these first two verses, we can learn a lot about this widow woman. We know that she's following God. She knows what it means to follow God, and we also know that she's frustrated and confused. And... The first thing that she says here is, my husband who served you is dead. It's okay to be blunt sometimes. She's hurting. Um, and her family had invested themselves in serving God and helping the prophet spread his message to those who needed to hear it. But things have now turned sour for her. She's upset. She's hurting. She's grieving. And her, her husband had died. He apparently left her with very few possessions. And now she's in danger of losing her sons as well. And this leads, me, leads us to the second thing I really want to focus in on this morning. And it's the fact that she still had a dream. She went to Elijah and told him that, you know, I'm fearing for my sons. I, I have this dream of my family staying together and us having hope again and us being able to still continue living again. So she has this dream inside of her. And she goes and she's talking to him about it, that she wants to stay together, we want to find some peace, we want to find this hope. And she's in the middle of darkness and despair as she's talking to Elijah, and she wanted to dream again. Now this, this message, as God was giving this to me, it's, it's personal to me. It's very personal to me. I've had uh, my dreams, my calling of what God placed on my life, challenged and doubted from people. And that hurts when you hear that. Um, and some of the worst hurts sometimes, you know, I've said this before, happens in the church. It's just being real. 
Um, we're all human, and we make mistakes and say things. So this, this comes from a place where, you know, I've been challenged with this myself to, to not keep dreaming and not keep walking in what God's placed in me. And I'm happy to say I am, but I've been challenged in the past with it, okay? So many of us today, we want to dream of something hopeful for our future, but at times we can find ourselves struggling to hold on to that dream, or worse yet, we let the dream die. We've let the calling die that God's placed on our lives. And this morning, I want you guys, again, like by the, by I said by the end of this, by the time we go to pray, I want you to be able to dream again. There are some people in here that their dreams have been crushed, their callings have been destroyed, and I want you to be able to grab a hold of that again before you leave today. Amen? And speaking of dreaming, you know, have you ever had a dream while you're sleeping, of course, not daydreaming, but a dream just wake you up and you thought it was so real? I mean, I've had dreams before where I fell out of the bed and I actually fell out of the bed, so I don't, I don't know how that goes together, but you have these dreams or you have these things that you see. Maybe you're, you're home alone at night and you think you see something scurry across the floor like a mouse. You know, there's been times my wife thought she'd seen something like that, and then I have to spend the rest of the night looking for a mouse that wasn't even there, but she thought she saw it. So we have these dreams sometimes that become so real to us, or things happen to us that we perceive to be real, and these can create uh, a false reality for us. And we live in that. Uh, we, we, we believe it, we think it was so real, we, we, we think it was something we saw, something that was said, and, and we start living in this false reality of this is the way my life is. This is the way it's going to be. And in a similar way, this widow in 2 Kings 4, she was living in a false reality. She had experienced a tragedy, which was the death of her husband, and, and threatened loss of her sons, and it caused her to shut down. And she's living in this fear and despair and hopelessness, and I can totally understand why she felt that way. Anybody lost a loved one? It hurts. It hurts. Um, and it hurts deep. And so she's in this place right now. And it shuts her down physically, emotionally, spiritually. And, and, and for us too, we stop pursuing God and his God-sized dreams in us and, and his callings that he has on us when we get in these moments of false reality. We get in these moments where we think, this is just my lot in life, and this is the way it's going to be. And she was in that place in the scripture right here. But the danger for her in this story and for us is when we choose to stay in this place for so long, it begins to distort our reality. When we stay in this place too long, like, you know, somebody speaks something into you, somebody speaks something into me, and it's a negative thing, and we start to feel sorry for ourselves, and we start to, to shut down spiritually and emotionally, and we're hurting, and, and we're going through things, and we're grieving, we start to stay in that spot. And that's dangerous for us. We can't stay there. Because if we do, we're, we're starting to get this false reality of this is the way it's going to be for me. My life is just going to be bad. And you can hear that as she's speaking to Elijah, Elisha, she, he says, what do you have in the house? She says, Nothing at all except a flask of olive oil. And that's what it feels like to us when we've surrendered the ability to dream. It's like, it's like we feel like we have nothing left. No more value, no hope for tomorrow, just this stupid thing of olive oil. I don't have anything left. It's just the way my life is now. 
And in order for us to start chasing our dreams again and seek out hope for tomorrow, we have to get rid of these false realities that we've, that we've let the enemy put inside of our heads. I think the enemy, you guys know that he's out to destroy us. And however he can do that, whether it's playing mind games with us or what, he's going to do it. And he's going to come after us. And we have to understand that God will answer our prayers, that we do have value, that our ministry has value, that our calling in life has value, that our life has purpose, and we can't stay in the negative. We cannot stay in the negative. And, and here's the truth about the position that this widow woman was in. Okay? Again, I'm sure she was grieving. It's difficult. You guys know what that means to, to lose someone. Um, she's threatening to... She thinks she's going to lose her sons and she's going to lose her whole family and she's distraught over this. But I want to remind everybody this morning, and she came to understand this, that God was on her side. And I want to remind you this morning, if you're walking in a season of, I just can't dream right now, I can't grab a hold of what God plays down inside of me because I'm hurting and I'm walking in this false reality and I just don't think I can grab a hold of it again, God is on your side too. He's on your side. The God of the universe, the God who put earth into motion and is spinning on its axis, the God who delivered the Israelites, the God who makes a way where there seems to be no way is for you. He's not against you. And we need to understand that as we go through things, as we struggle with things, that that is not going to be the reality forever, that God wants us to dream again. God wants us to walk in what he has for us. We have to let the false realities go and start chasing after everything that God has planted in our hearts, all the hopes, all the dreams, Orchardville Church, God still has great things in store for us. Powerful things, mighty things, things that we can't even imagine right now. God still has those things for us. We don't have to walk in negativity and hurt and pain when he's on the other side of that saying, I'm for you. I'm for you, Orchardville Church. Let me move how I want to move. And let's stop going in this false reality and let's grab a hold of the promises of God. Hallelujah. She learned to dream again. I talked about that in the beginning, beginning of this. And let's look at how that happened as we continue on in these scriptures. How she chose to, mo to move forward and not stay where she was at. Let's pick it up again in verse 3. And Elijah said, Borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. That seems simple enough. Too bad we don't grasp that all the time. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. So in this part of the story, God, through the prophet Elisha, gave this woman some instructions and directions and asked her to get to work. Go. You can dream again, but you're going to have to do some things. Hello? 
said, borrow some jars. And I'm sure that was uh, a lot of humility there to go to her neighbors and her friends and say, can I borrow something? Knowing that she probably couldn't give it back or wasn't going to give it back, that she was struggling, that she had to go and beg for these things. And he said, go inside, shut the door, pour the oil, and set each jar aside, and repeat this over and over. And this is a crucial moment for her. Why? Because she had a choice to make right then, right there. Do I do these steps that this man of God is telling me to do, or do I stay in this false reality? Do I stay in this place of negativity in my life right now? She had this choice. Do I reach out for hope again, or do I have to stay in this place of hopelessness? And she, she was already exhausted, I'm sure. She was grieving, probably felt over, overwhelmed with everything that she was dealing with, terrified about losing her sons. And then Elisha gives her a bunch of steps to do. You need to go do all of this. Now, my flesh side of me, and I have an ugly one sometimes, my flesh side would have been like, what? Elisha, you're a man of God. Let's just snap our fingers and God give me the money and get me out of this and make me happy again. That's how I would have been. What do you mean you want me to do all this stuff and, and, and go beg my neighbors for jars and, and go in and shut the door and start filling? What do I have to do all this for? Just call it down. We live in this society today that wants things done quickly. I got a puzzle here, and I think sometimes our life is a little bit like this. Um, I'm not going to do this puzzle. I don't like doing puzzles. My wife does. But it's kind of like this. We dump that out. And this is the way we are. We think, how do I get this? It's a Christmas one. How do I get this? I don't, I don't want to have to do all the steps to get there. I just want this. And there are steps that have to take place for that puzzle to go together. There are steps like if you did Legos. There are steps you have to take to make it look like it does on the box. I can't just dump this on the ground and expect it to put itself together and look like this. Not going to happen. There are steps we have to take when God tells us to do something to get to the end result of the dream that he put inside of us. We have to be committed to him. Now, I can work on this. Again, I don't like to. I can work on this. And what happens sometimes when you're working on a puzzle? For me... Maybe not for others. I get frustrated. You know what I do then? Say I get a quarter of it done. I'm like, ooh, just tired of looking for, I'm tired of doing this right now. I walk away. Just take a break from it. We do the same thing with the calling God's put on our life. So-and-so upset me. This happened in my life. I'm taking a break from that. I don't want to do that anymore. And we never finish the puzzle that God had planned for us. We walk away from it. Because we don't want to go through the steps that have to be done in order to get to the destiny that God has for us. Why do we do this? Because we don't enjoy waiting on God to move. We think it should happen just like that. I prayed it, it should happen. He's put that calling on my life, it should happen. Let me relate it to myself personally. I served as a youth pastor for eight years as a almost eight years as a volunteer under Brian and Chris Palmer. Those were steps to lead me to where I am today. I could have had the attitude, 
I'm not going to volunteer to be with teenagers. Are you insane? Not without you paying me for it. But that's a calling God placed on my life, to be in ministry, to minister, to minister the gospel of Jesus to people, to be there for people when they're hurting and going through things and share the love of Jesus that he's placed inside of me. And I have a responsibility, no matter what comes my way, to fulfill that calling. Now, he's moved me on to what I feel in my spirit and Sarah feels in her spirit, to pastoring. But all these steps along the way had to happen for me to get to where I'm standing right here on a Sunday morning. I had to be obedient to what God wanted me to do, no matter what that looked like. It's not going to happen just like that. Does it sometimes? Yeah. But a lot of times there are steps we have to do that God calls us to do in order to get to where he wants to take us. He waits for us to listen. He waits for us to obey. And he waits for us to trust him. And then when he sees that we're in that place that we're ready to chase after that dream again, he gives us our instructions and encourages us to go. And I love that. I love that about God. Such an encouragement to dream again. So Elisha helps this woman shift her focus from what she didn't have to what she did have. All she saw was, I don't have anything but this little flask of olive oil. That's all I have. And he got her to shift her mindset from thinking that, yeah, that is what you have. But watch what I do with it. Watch what God does with it. And Elijah helped her. He helped her see that when you take even the smallest amount of what you have, listen to me, the smallest amount of what you have and your calling in your life, the smallest amount that you have, when you line that up with God's abundance and you honor him in that, watch him multiply it. Watch him multiply it. When you say, God, this is all I have. It's just this little bit. You know, I've been through some things, God, but this is, this is all I have left. And he says, that's all I need. You need to understand how big I am. You need to understand how powerful I am. Let me take that little, give it to me, and watch me bless it. Watch me work with it. Watch me do things that you can't even imagine in your life. When our little and all, and all we have left is aligned with God's abundance, that is such a great recipe for the impossible to happen. I don't know how you did that, God, but I know it was you. We have become a, 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 a church of America that is weak in the power and the might of God. For whatever reason, we've fallen away from believing the impossible. Like, we don't think God does that anymore. I'm here to tell you this morning, he does. He's still in that business. It's not him that's changed, it's us that's changed. We're the ones that have fallen away and taken a step back when God's still wanting to do the same things as what he did in this Bible right here. It's on us. We've become the society that, that lives in this false reality that God has to move like this or he's not, doing, he's not working in my life. That's us. And God still does miracles. God still does healings. God still does the impossible. I've seen it in my life. I want to see it more. I want my kids to see it. I want the kids of Orchardville Church to see it. From OC kids all the way to modified youth, I want them to see the power of the Lord. Because... When we have encounters with God and the Holy Spirit moving in our lives, that's what changes a person. 
not, I thank God and I like this song. And I love it. I love the song, but that's not what changes people. Me speaking a few good lines out of, a, out of the Bible and giving you a message isn't what changes people. When you encounter his Holy Spirit and let him penetrate your heart and your mind and transform things, that's what changes people when they encounter God. We need encounters with God. We don't need to come in here one way and leave the same. We don't need to do that. He wants to encounter us every time we come in here. There's one more detail I want to point out in this. Again, in verse 6, it said, Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. He said, there aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. And this story could have ended right there where the boy said, there aren't any more. But God added that extra little detail in there in the scripture. And it says, and then the olive oil stopped flowing. You're like, yeah, big deal, Rick. There's power right there in that line. There's power in that line right there. The widow and her sons ran out of jars before God ran out of oil. His blessings, what he wants to pour into your situation is, already, is always going to exceed what you expected. His supply didn't run out. Their jars ran out. He has an endless supply for us. And that's so powerful to read that in here. And we need to let God do the heavy lifting when it comes to our dreams. And yes, we have to take those steps. We have to take our next steps in this. But I got to remember, as I'm doing this, as I'm taking a step, and I'm taking a step, that God is unlimited in his ability to work things out in my life. And as I take the step this way, that God's unlimited in his ability to work things out in my life and to bring things forward in the dreams that he's placed inside of me. Every step I take towards him is a step closer to everything that he wants for my life. Unlimited power to fulfill our dreams that he's placed inside of us. If our praise team would come up this morning, if you guys would stand. I, mean, I, t I told you beginning of this that I want you guys, some of you in here need to dream again. You need to understand that whatever God's placed inside of you, the only one that puts an exp expiration date on that is you. Not God. He wants you to dream again. He wants you to walk in your calling. He wants you to do what you're supposed to be doing. And, and, the, and the cool thing about this is we don't have to worry about the completion of it because it's in his hands. He's orchestrating all of it. We're to just keep concentrating on that next step that God asks us to do. Keep doing that right thing over and over again and watch what he does. You know, I, I think about my life personally as I keep trying my best to obey God in everything that I'm doing. And I'm not perfect. I don't stand up here claiming to be but I've figured out as I stay in the will of God and keep trying to follow his voice and his leading on things, as I look back, one word comes to my mind sometimes. It's, wow. Back when you called me, that's where I started. And as I look back of every step of obedience, and I look back and I'm just like, wow. Look what 
God did. Look what the Lord has done, that old song. And it amazes me to look back on my life and realize there is faithfulness in my obedience. There's faithfulness from God in my obedience. And that he's had me every step of the way. And that he wants me to keep walking in the calling that he's put on my life and and keep dreaming. Keep those dreams alive. Dream again. And a lot of us in here this morning, you may be missing out on your hopes and dreams because you're not being obedient to what God's called you to do. And maybe, maybe you're like this woman in the story here. You have, you have some hurts. You have some grieving. You have some stuff going on that's preventing you from still walking in that dream that God's placed on your life. This morning, it's time to dream again. It's time to dream again. Don't sit by and not walk in your calling because you're stuck in a false reality of things of of thinking they're one way and and God says no, no, no I've not changed dream again would you bow your heads and I pray Father right now in the name of Jesus Father in this building right now there are dreams that have been crushed there are callings that have been given away and Father Right now, I just speak into every heart that's in here. God, the the dreams that have been crushed, the dreams that that, that have been hurt, the callings that have been walked away from, God, right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, something that you said through me, God, that your Holy Spirit is working on hearts right now, that people will understand that they can dream again and your supply is endless. That, God, all you're asking them to do this morning is just take that obedient, correct step towards you as they come to the altar this morning, God. And Lord, I pray for your power and your might to be all over them as they learn to dream again, as they learn to forgive, as they learn to let go of whatever it was that crushed them, God. Lord, speak into hearts this morning. Speak into hearts this morning, God. Let people dream again. Let them hold on to the promises that you've given them.